This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This is part one of my interview with Dr. Sharla Walker. You guys heard Sharla. I did an episode a few months back and it was basically a prayer call term podcast. Um, but Sharla was the friend that I had on with Latina. And so you guys have heard her in that capacity on the show, but you haven't heard us do an official interview yet. So to tell you guys a little bit more about Sharla, Dr. Sharla Walker is a pediatric nurse practitioner with a passion for progress and people. Over her 10 plus years in healthcare, she has noticed one consistent theme. Very frequently, nurses across the spectrum are often undervalued, underappreciated, and undermined. At the height of her frustration, she took the leap of faith to start her nonprofit organization, Hearts Over Habits, Inc. Over her journey, she has learned that nurses have yet to tap into the amount of knowledge around personal wealth and community wealth. Her love for education, preventative care, nursing, and nonprofits has catapulted her into the career of nonprofit consulting. She received her certified nonprofit consulting certification and developed intensive frameworks to help nurses and other healthcare professionals become better educated nonprofit founders. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this conversation that I had with Sharla. Before we get into it, a couple of church announcements. One, you can watch the full interview video with me and Sharla at the Anchor Media headquarters. It's available on my YouTube channel right now, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Also, if you haven't heard, we have a fast going on right now within the new and improved society. Last week, we had some amazing sessions, and this week, we have some other amazing sessions that are more business-focused that are coming up. So the theme of this fast is big faith and big business. So week one, we focused a lot on the faith, and we have the testimonies continuing to roll in. 
And in this week, we're going to be focusing on big business. So we have a session on delegating and getting a virtual assistant. We have a session on creating a company culture as a solopreneur, how to get out of your head and execute, and also the business of influencing. So if you are not a part of the Society's Fast right now, it's not too late to join. You can go to blessedandbossedup.com slash fast. I'll put the link in the show notes as well for you to join us. Um, the Society is new and improved. So even if you have been a part of our community before, come back and look at some of the amazing things we have. We have um, now we have more regional groups. So we have people who are in the South, people on the the West Coast, the Northeast, the Mid-Atlantic are able to communicate with each other. Um, We're able to now DM and message each other. It's really like a, a social network with no foolishness and full of people who love God and love business. It's like the place that I wish I had when I first got started on this journey. So again, go to blessedandbossedup.com slash fast to uh, sign up for that and try out our community for free. All right, so that's it for the church announcements. Without further ado, here is part one of my interview with Dr. Sharla Walker. This is the first time you've been on the show. Yes. Welcome. Yes, this is full circle for me because... Just a measly, what, three years ago, my friend was like, girl, listen to this podcast. And then the Lord, <laughs> then uh-huh. the Lord. So this is, and it's in studio. We're not even Zooming. Yeah, this is in the office. Charlotte is a listener, turned client, turned friend, turned family. So she and her <laughs> husband, Andre, are here visiting. Um, so we're here hanging out. We're doing this live, and then we're going to pack it on up and have a good weekend. <laughs> yes. Okay, this is the only little bit of work that's going to get done. Um, but welcome. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you here. So let's start from the beginning. Let's talk about you. We'll talk about the nonprofits and things of that nature. But who is Dr. Because we're going to put some respect on your name. Okay? Come on. Thank you. Who is Dr. Charlotte Walker? Well, in the beginning. Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I am, I'm a lot of things. I wear a lot of different hats. Um, God has really afforded me the opportunity just to live a life that I never even thought that I could. Um, So I'm a nurse practitioner, got my doctorate. After I told God at 17, I was going to be a doctor. I thought I was going to be a pediatrician. He was like, no, but you still, like, he still honored my doctor by 30. That was my, that was my thing. (laughs) And then he was like, you 30 and you a doctor now. So now what? And I was like, oh, look what you had did. Um, But I do a lot of things. I'm a wife. I'm an auntie. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. I had my parents, uh, were both military, so we moved around a lot. And so it was great because I got exposed to a lot, but also trying to really find that confidence um, in like who I am as a person and not necessarily like pick up, move. Now you are from here and now you are from there. And so it's just been a really, really great journey. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your faith journey specifically. There's so yes. many places we can go. We can talk about... Ultra. Your accomplishments, we can talk about, you know, the the brand, we can talk about what you've been able to accomplish in nonprofits, but let's just start with the faith part. So how, what's the the good way I can ask this? How did you get started with building your relationship with With God? God. Mm -hmm. Um, It really started like my, my serious relationship. So my grandmother, everybody, you know, got a praying grandmother, like everybody got that, Mm -hmm. but um, my, I always knew of God, but my personal relationship with him really started 
when I was an undergrad. So I met my husband the summer before I started college. Um, and just throughout my journey in nursing school, I got more and more, um, God just exposed himself to me more and more. Mm-hmm. So like one day, I'll never forget, I worked full time and was also in school. And I had to work overnight shift, had this psych exam that I was not ready for. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, God, I'm just going to show up a couple hours early and help. <laughs> because in nursing school, like a 76 is failing. So <laughs> like we be pressed. And so I'm sitting, sitting there. In the classroom, class don't start till six, it's four o'clock, nobody's there. And I'm like, God, I just still don't feel ready. Like, I need your help. And all the electricity in the building went out. And the oh, wow. exam got pushed back to the next week. And I said, I know that. I mean, I'm gonna take it. <laughs> I'm gonna take it. So even in those small instances, I was able to really learn who God was and it intrigued me to spend more time with him, but I really didn't understand how to get surface, uh, get past that surface level. Then we messed around and got married. Child, marriage. Marriage will make you run to the father like, hey, hey, excuse me. Excuse me, sir. And so that really was the catalyst into um, me really getting serious, as you say, safe, safe, because Mm -hmm. I know that I needed God to sustain me in this relationship. Like, this Mm -hmm. ain't about the work. Like, I tell people the realest prayer I I ever uttered was God. Like, I'm about to send you this man back in a wooden box, <laughs> help us today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, what I found out though, was I there was a level of submission. I submitted my marriage to him and thought that I was gonna help God help him. But God really was like, no, mirror. Mm-hmm. You got an attitude problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you be fussing him out. Mm-hmm. Um, God told me that I, I was so loud in Andre's ear that Andre couldn't even hear him. And so- after I had, I was like, but you know, I came to you because he was cutting up. Like, yeah. why? I didn't come here to talk about it. Why? Yeah, why? Forget <laughs> that's about me. Um, but in that, God really changed my life. And it literally was like November. And um, we had planned to move to Florida. I always wanted to move to Florida. We were living in St. Louis. Um, I'm not from St. Louis, though. <laughs> I like to be very clear. Um, but we were living in St. Louis. And I was looking, because at this point now I'm in my master's program, and I'm looking to move in like two years. And so I went in, you know, you go on the job boards, they'll start sending you the stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I um, did that, and then I got a message right back, and they were like, hey, they want to interview you for a NICU position. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, we had a house. Like, there was just so much. And literally from November, by that following April, we lived in Florida. God was like, sell the house on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? Andre didn't believe it was going to work. <laughs> Andre was like, oh, Craigslist. Anybody going to pay us? Because well, we just did like a huge kitchen renovation. Like mm-hmm. we were just very, everything that we were doing, God was telling me to do. But when it came down to it, I put that thing on Craigslist and they came in and was like, we'll pay you what you want. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind, but then it ultimately ended up blowing his mind. And it brought him closer to God. So like times where he fully expected for me to go off on him and God gave me that spirit of hush, girl, hush. <laughs> um, he'll even he'll even tell you like, I thought I really was going to get cussed out. And then you didn't cuss me out. <laughs> and so it's, it, those little changes draw, drew him closer to God. 
Um, and God really, ever since then, we've been rocking, honey. He Once he moved me across the country, God had me flewed out. Um, I've been doing anything he tell me to do because I know I can't leave with him on my side. Yeah. And so it's just been thing after thing after thing of God revealing himself and me chasing after him. I want to rewind for a second because I'm trying to figure out where this boldness or this obedience came from because you said you had a praying grandmother. You said that um, you sought God, you know, something small, mm-hmm. which was the, well, not small, but a situation where it was the test that you were having that electric mm-hmm. book. How did that foundation for that relationship with him come about to where you were going to him on behalf of your marriage and going to him on behalf of the move to Florida and all of that? Oh, I got to the end of myself. I was like, look, I'm 25 and clearly I've been doing this myself for 25 years and I suck at it. And I'm one of those people, if I'm going to commit to doing something, I'm going to all the way commit. Um, And even to knowing that I wanted to do something different um, because my husband's parents got divorced. My parents are still married, but, you know, it's kind of it's not the, you know, the best circumstances. And so I wanted something that looked different. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I could not allow this to continue, but also knew that if I wanted something different, I had to be willing to do something different Mm -hmm. drastically. I mean, I went from like, knuck a few bucks to praise is what I do in like a matter of (laughs) like a very short period of time. Um, and, And, you know, it was, it was, it seemed very accelerated. Like I was like, okay, no more doing this, no more cussing, no more, like no more doing that. It just was stuff that I knew that I wanted to hear from God. I was, I got very intentional about my quiet time. Like Andre, like, are you like, you want to watch TV? I'm like, I'm, because <laughs> I had an attitude with him. Mind you, at the time I didn't like him. I was like, I'm spending time with God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not watching your sinful time. I'm, I'm going to sit before the I'm, Lord. I'll, I'll let you know when I'm finished. <laughs> but I needed that time though. Like I really mm-hmm. did need that time. And eventually. Once he saw the benefit and the change in my posture and my behavior, he, it wasn't something that he was in. It wasn't, he wasn't mad at it. He was just like, oh, okay, it's your quiet time. Let me know when you're done. But it really was me saying like, God, I, I'm gonna lose it. Right. Because on the outside, everything looked great. I had a degree. I was working in my dream job in the NICU. I had friends. Our family lived close. I had a husband. We were well off and I was miserable. Like I was not, I had no joy. I had no peace. And it was just this up and down roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I cannot do this. Like we off that. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not going to live my life this way. But I know in order to do that, I have to um do something that I've never seen done before. Yeah. And so even in terms of like, you know, the relationship that my grandmother had with Christ, mine looked very different. Um, and even like my grandpa, like, you know, there was stuff traditions and religious traditions and all this work that I had to kind of get through to get my own relationship with God. But it was those things like him showing up in my psych test, like, and all of, all of those little things that it made it easier when I did the big commit for me just to commit and ride out. Mm-hmm. So you, I want to pinpoint, I want to pull out what was the practical things that you did when you got to the end of yourself and you knew that you didn't have the peace mm-hmm. and you knew that you knew who to go to for it, yep. but you had to get a depth to your relationship yes. that you didn't have before. What was step one to going deeper with that? 
I watched the War Room. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> I watched War Room um, because, you know, a lot of times we'll tell people when they're when they are ready to commit their lives to Christ, we'll tell you what you need to do. And we don't, there's no like flat out instruction manual. Yeah. And so the only Bible I had was the King James that I endearingly called King Jimmy was a King James version of the Bible. I was getting frustrated because I did not understand the these, the thous, the thus, and all of that. It was making yeah. it hard for me to digest it. And so I'm a student, like I am a career, <laughs> I'm a career student. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's gotta be another way me to understand this in a way that makes sense Mm -hmm. so i ended up watching war room me and my husband actually watched it together and um was it i think that was new year's eve that's what we did so every new year's eve we was watching war room and we watched the passion of christ every (laughs) every resurrection sunday (laughs) (laughs) so but i watched um watched war room and then i found priscilla shiver's book ferment that that was the key. Mm-hmm. It allowed me the opportunity to almost, cause she lines out these 10 things, like these yeah. 10 ways that the enemy is coming after your life. Mm-hmm. And so I needed someone to basically say, sis, sit down. This is the game that he's playing. That's all it takes for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I ain't about to be played. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I read that book and really was able to incorporate um, things from there. Then went to my Gigi house and was trying to explain to her, like, girl, I can't read this. <laughs> like, I can't read this. So we were doing Bible studies together because my grandmother was a Bible study teacher. But she loves us all individually. And she never, like, you knew you come on Sunday, it's praise and worship and, like, all of that. But she was not forcing us to sit down and have, she wanted us to have this relationship for ourselves. And so God is, so, again, so strategic that my grandmother lived at the same place for my whole life okay 1925 utah street apartment a my whole life mm-hmm. right before right when this happened something happened with her apartment she lived in the city of st louis it was kind of messy and it was no longer safe for her to be there so we moved her to the county she was 10 minutes from us mm-hmm. so i got all of this one-on-one bible like straight up bible teaching time mm-hmm. i got breakfast okay she Come fed me breakfast. she fed me spit this mother potatoes child mm-hmm. and so we would literally spend the day at her house and again it didn't feel like work it felt like love like yeah. she would we would come in we would talk i would ask my questions um she would teach me she would i would just bring my change of work clothes i work that night shower we do bible study she feed me i would go to sleep and her and andre would watch movies the rest of the day <laughs> like so it was that time um and me finding more tools after that i read the resolution for women like i just kept digging and finding resources it was going to have to make sense to me mm-hmm. i refused to um was it jacob that said i'm like i'm not gonna let go till you bless me yeah something in here is going to have to hit for me because the way my life is is unacceptable yeah, yeah. i love that it's the relentless pursuit of god yes and not and, and i feel like a lot of times we somehow fault god for our lack of understanding of the word mm-hmm. and relinquish our responsibility to study it so yes. that we understand it. Yeah. And so just like in school, the teachers teach you the, the they break it down in the syllabus and give you assignments or whatever. But you have yes. to study. You have to learn the material for yourself. You have to take initiative and take ownership on understanding what it is that you're seeking out to learn more about. Yeah. And so I think I, I love that you said that because it's so similar to my story as well. Like, I wish I, I sat down with my grandmother. I didn't. 
but I went to go figure it out. Mm-hmm. Buying Bible studies off Amazon, like, okay, this is breaking down Jeremiah. So she says, this is the scripture. What are the three points? Or what? You know yeah. how Bible studies yeah. go, but I'm sitting there like, okay, so this is this, this is that. I'm not understanding this Bible. Let me get me a study Bible that breaks it down. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to read the text. Then I'm going to read this in the bottom. Then I'm going to highlight these words. I don't know. I'm going to go to the back to figure out what this word means. Then I'm going to go to the other places this word shows up at so I can understand the totality of what this is so that I can actually apply it to my life. Mm -hmm. And that's the the work. And I think a lot of times we use the the scripture, faith without works is dead. And so people try to apply whatever it is they Mm want to do as the work. But I believe that a huge part of the work in that scripture is the work to making sure that we understand the word enough to apply it to our life. Yep. Just like with school, like if it's on the test, you're still responsible for whether or not you came to the teacher and let him know that you you understood the content or not. You're still going to be tested and graded on this. And so even with that, the two things that I really found were were really critical were my authenticity with God. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I I'm I'm very silly. Like I like to be very lighthearted. Mm-hmm. I'm about my business when I'm about my business. When I especially when I'm at work, I was an ICU nurse. So like yeah. we could go from ha 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 to doing chest compressions. So yeah. so but so I can I you know I have that, but it it, it was, it was like surface level, almost like I felt like everybody expected me to be happy all the time. Not really. Like if I told somebody I was struggling, girl, what you struggling for? Like you got a husband and a house and then this, mm-hmm. yeah, I got no kids. Yeah, that's great. But there's something still missing. Yeah. And for me to be able to identify that there was something that was still missing and then learning that God was the void to fill that I will never. Okay. With the song said, I won't go back. I will mm-hmm. never allow myself to get back in that position ever again, right? Like that's why we see people who have millions of dollars in the bank committing suicide yeah. because there there's more to life than just that outward success. Mm-hmm. There's so much more, there's so much, it's just so, it's so much more. So the authenticity and the devotion, like yeah. I, I was authentic and I was going to ride it out for the Lord. But hopefully he didn't tell me I have to die because Paul and him. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And with the, and even with that, like there we have resources. We have the amount of resources that we have as believers today, I feel like has made us lazy and complacent in our yeah. faith. Like none of us had to hop on a ship, go across the to get to the nations. We can mm-hmm. go live right now and people all over the world can hear us. Yeah. Um we can we have access to things like Amazon and Bible studies and all like and all of that. And so to me, there's no excuse. We find we go, oh, no self-care and grace. And like, yeah, that's cute, but there's no excuse for yeah. us not being um in the relationship that we want with God. And so it's very similar to us having like a marriage. Like we're literally his bride, like his bride, the church. Mm-hmm. And so the same way that I can anticipate the needs of my husband, the same way that I can tell when something is off with us, that same relationship, I needed that with God. And so through that, um, cause it wasn't easy. There were times it felt awkward times. I felt like I didn't get it right. Wasn't quite sure if I was understanding. It wasn't until about three years in that I realized the book of Job was not job. Like they were just really <laughs> like, I told my dad, he was like, don't tell nobody else that. But like, that's not true. I was like, I really thought his name was job the whole time. <laughs> right. Like, so there are moments where it feels very awkward, but then God would, would remind me like one day I will never forget this day. One of my good friends, she was struggling. She 
took her nursing boards and didn't pass a couple times. And she kept, she was like, Charlotte, can you please like tutor me? But I was like, no, nah, because I'm going to feel responsible. Like, just not confident in the gift and the skills. And so God finally put it on my heart to do it. And she was doing this thing where she was in this group where they were praying 24 hours a day. So everybody took an hour and they had to pray on like on that hour. And Andre was working night shift. And I can't remember what we got into it about, but he had made me mad. And God had told me to hush. And I was upset. Mm -hmm. So I'm like distracted. So we were getting ready to start studying. Her alarm went off. She's like, you care if we, you know, pause to pray. So she prayed. And let me tell you, my friend, her name is Kelsey. Kelsey is a prayer warrior, okay? She's from Memphis. She's countries all get out. That's my boo. Um, and so she started praying. And then she was like, you going to pray too? And I was like, yeah, like, I'm going to pray. And God had told me to pray for, pray for Andre. And I was like, <laughs> did you not? I'm going to do it though. Mm-hmm. And so it literally, literally, as soon as we got off the phone, or as soon as we got done praying, my phone rings and it's Andre and he called to apologize. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that was so fast. Like, I'm like, <laughs> my mind be blown. Yeah. Not that I was even expecting him to call me because it, it wasn't a manipulatory thing. Mm-hmm. My prayer was that he's driving overnight in the city of St. Louis. It's not a safe place. And I don't want to allow my flesh to keep me from covering him yeah right like if he never came back home whatever we like now I don't even know what it was whatever we were arguing about it it had no significance Mm -hmm. but for then for me to obey Holy Spirit I hear it did not want to do it Mm -hmm. did it anyway and for me to immediately see the fruit of that oh Mm -hmm. I was sold I was like you know what there's something to this Mm -hmm. like I mean I was like Kelsey yeah like that is bananas. Yeah. It was bananas to me, but God was like, girl, I got you. Might work. Yeah, I got you, girl. <laughs> um, and so even in that, me learning to be quiet when God says be quiet, mm-hmm. um, because he can say things to my husband that I could never say. Mm-hmm. He could reach. It's like taking your iPhone to Samsung and me like, fix this. Like, that's me trying to change, <laughs> trying to change somebody else. Yeah. Like, you're going to do more damage to the phone and you're going to void your warranty. And your insurance and all of those things. And so I had to really take myself back to God because he made me and then really be intentional about lifting my husband up to him as well. Because mm-hmm. I clearly am not good at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's and it's not, I was out of position. It's not my job to change him. That's good. That's good. So I want to go back to nursing for a second mm-hmm. because... Up until this point, from what you shared, you're you were growing your relationship with God, and you're also growing as a nursing professional. It's mm-hmm. it's run parallel. Yes. Up until this point, what was that point where you realized that okay, I need to seek God on behalf of what I'm supposed to do next in nursing? Oh goodness. Um. So it actually started before before God's always had His hand. So I was working as a student nurse tech. Um, on this allergy pulmonary floor over at St. Louis Children's Hospital. Shout out the Slitch. That's my place. <laughs> um, and the rule in nursing is like, you can't, you're, you, you can't come out of nursing school and go straight into a specialty. Everybody has to work med surge first. Like you do your year on med surge first, and then you can get into What's a specialty. Like general? general, yuck. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to the med surge nurses. Y'all are needed. But like, yeah. it's like adults. It's just adults. I worked as a student nurse tech 
on med search for six months and it was enough for me to know that it was not my ministry yeah god used me in that space but i was like no <laughs> no, no 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 and so then i got the job at um children's and i was on the on the floor i just like not just what happened god had it to where it's right before i'm getting ready to take boards I'm walking past the desk and the phone is ringing. Nobody's out there. I pick it up and it is the la- the hiring recruiter lady from downstairs. Mm-hmm. And God was like, "Ask, let her know you graduated. And I was like, hey, girl. Also, <laughs> quick question, because she wanted to talk to our manager. I was like, quick question, though. I graduate in December. And um, I know that right now, because they had changed their policy to where you had to have your license before you could practice. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm not taking boards till December or till February. And I know that we're not typically like hiring, um, you know, graduate nurses. But I just wanted to find out, you know, what the process was. I would really love to stay with children's and blah. And she was like, girl, where do you want to go? <laughs> I was like, the NICU. Oh, yeah. Let me let me send you an email like email me let me know blah 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 and literally I went from working as a student nurse tech into the specialty that I wanted Mm -hmm. I started as a NICU nurse and so even in that like the way that God works is not the way that the world says that you have to work I don't have to work med search for why if I'm never going to do that again or if that's not where I'm called to be like Mm -hmm. not that I would be bad to those people they love me on the floor but I, this don't feel right. I have no business being here. <laughs> and I think us really getting in tune with that um, really, really helped. Then as I was there, God continued to show me different things. Like you cannot work ICU and not have a relationship with God. There were times where I know we've called parents and been like, look, like you need to get up here. Cause this may not, this mm-hmm. is not looking good. And I'm in the room in a, in a code situation and I'm the recorder. So like, you know, everybody got a job and I'm keeping time. Like we push this medication at this time and I'm, I'm praying under my breath, like, God, like, please not let this be God. This is like, I'm praying. And it's, it wasn't even, my prayer life then was just like, was like phase one basic, like, please don't let this baby die. <laughs> and we're getting ready to call the baby, like pronounce the baby dead. And then all of a sudden, we have a heartbeat on the monitor. Oh, wow. Girl, good day. After that, I was like, you be out here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you be out here. So through my time, um, God really just conditioned me to be sensitive to him, to be sensitive. Like, everybody, they'd be like, girl, all the crazy parents love you. Mm-hmm. Like, parents who they thought were problem people, God would, he anointed me to go in and really, it really was just like, what's going on? Oh, you got a you got a five year old at home, and you're scared to leave your baby here. And I don't think we do enough of asking those questions. But God just allowed me to be a light there, mm-hmm. to where parents who people thought were like so difficult, they were impossible to deal with, they loved me. But it was like because I was like, go home and take a shower, yeah. and get out of here. Yeah. Like ICU psychosis is a real thing. Like go, I'm gonna take you. This is the most expensive babysitting service you gonna have. <laughs> I'm gonna be up all night. You can call me. Every three hours when you pump, whatever you need to do, or even if you just go home and shower and come back, getting out of this unit is going to help you. Yeah. And so God allowing me to be sensitive to that and really learn and understand my first patient out of out of orientation, this mom had lost two babies. 
ran, like randomly come to find out her baby had a genetic, like it's like a, it was a genetic thing and it was like very rare and all of that. But she was, cause she was like, I was kind of hesitant for you to be our nurse. Cause I, they told me you was new, <laughs> <laughs> but by the end, she absolutely loved me. And yeah. so every day when I would walk in, I would just ask God to give me the knowledge, the wisdom, like you were in control because because I don't be knowing what I don't know. Mm-hmm. And there were things that I caught, like medication errors by the doctors, they, like things that God was like, look at that again, mm-hmm. do this again. Mm-hmm. And so in allowing him to do that, he he moved me into the next phase. So he told me when my time was coming up, he told me that I wasn't going to be a neonatal nurse practitioner, but he was going to move me to outpatient to be a pediatric nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. And so um, even with that, I was trying to be hard-headed because I didn't want to go back to school. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to apply to one school then. And I did, and I got in. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> because like, I'm like, I'm never going back to school. Mm-hmm. Nursing school is hard. Okay. And then I don't want all those responsibilities, as Tommy Pickles be saying. I'm like, I don't want that. And But God was like, but I wasn't going to be disobedient. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to apply to one school trying to be slick, and I got in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. we here now. <laughs> so it's it has been, I would not be in the position of my career that I am without God because he makes me great. Like, I have the license. Yes, I have the education. But God, it's his promptings and situations that, child, like, even like a couple weeks ago, I had a kid come in, and something was not right. And I could not put my finger on what was not right, mm-hmm. but I knew it wasn't right. And he just came from the hospital and I sent him back. And that looks, that may look silly. And I tell parents all the time, I don't have an ego like that. I would rather your baby be alive and people to think that I'm crazy. Tell them right. I'll sign up for that. Right. Um, but he ended up having some like rare blood disorder. Wow. And I was like, something is off for these labs to not look like this. You're telling me this is going on. Mm-mm. I don't know, but I don't like yeah see you yeah and here's some go see the hematologist go see gastro and come back and my coworker texted me it was like girl he had little bit of that and i said i knew it and he's like yeah. when he was like when he said when you know you know and in my head i was like that was only spirit because mm-hmm. i don't be knowing mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not all knowing but he is that's good and, and i love how you touched on how god has intervened with you on the job mm-hmm. and you know I didn't think about my experiences like postpartum I thought I was going to die and I had a nurse her name was Miss Gladys I would never forget this lady's name and I know she was an angel her name is Miss Gladys and she uh, we me and BJ both had our bibles in like the room so we were in like the what's the recovery room mm-hmm. or whatever so we were in there and um, my heart rate was up really high I had some type of infection or something from the C-section. So it was just a lot happening. Mm -hmm. I was high off of um, Percocet Mm -hmm. that they made me take. I was a little salty because I'm like, I don't like to take nothing stronger than Tylenol or like Samotrin. Now, when your drugs uh, calm down, you're going to feel it. I said, I think I'm going to be good, though. They were like, no, you're not going to be good. Man, I never had to take Percocet after Mm -hmm. that day. I said, ma'am, I will be fine. should not have listened to that. (laughs) But, uh, But, yeah, so... I'm hot off of uh, Percocet, and I'm just like, uh, it was a lot happening, and they couldn't, they didn't know what was going on with me either, so it was like, I really thought that I was about to die, I was going through it, I just had this baby, I didn't even want to get to see him grow up, and um, I I can't remember what she said, but she spoke so much life into me, 
And she saw, and I guess because she saw the Bible there, that she felt free to be able to yes. say what she needed to say. Because mm-hmm. she was not, Miss Blightis was not playing about me. Mm-hmm. She stayed later than her shift. She was like, yeah, I'm supposed to be off, but no, I need to stay here to make sure you're good before I go home. Mm-hmm. And like, it was just such a blessing um, to have her in the room. And even when I was being wheeled out a couple of days later, um, I remember seeing her and I heard her. She was like, I'm so glad she's okay. And I heard it. I'm like... Yes, shout out to Miss Gladys. Yes, Miss Gladys. But um, with that being said, like nurses are and doctors are so important. Mm -hmm. How can the God fearing nurse, even though you may not be able to overtly anoint the room, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? How can God fearing nurses allow the Holy Spirit to work through them in this profession? So, a couple things. One, I prepare before I get there. Like I send God's spirit, like he's everywhere, but I'm intentional about like, I'm going to send you ahead of me Mm -hmm. because a lot of times, especially in the ICU, you really, you literally could be walking into a code. So it's like, you have no idea. And so really being intentional about declaring, um, you know, declaring the safety of your patients, declaring the safety of your coworkers, because we're a team, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, your the doctors may not be saved, but you can intercede on their behalf. And so God opened my eyes to see any dangers. God opened, bless my hands, God, bless my coworkers. Please, you know, allow them to be able to do their job in a way that's going to be efficient because these are your babies. I used to always say, God, these are your babies. And so I need the wisdom that you would have to give me so I can care for your babies properly. Mm -hmm. And so even something as, as, you know, and it wasn't this 10, 15 minute long prayer. It was just, as I walked in into this shift, I'm going to pray when my babies, because I work overnights, okay? Because night shift is the right shift. Um, <laughs> so many people on days. But even like when I would give my baths, like when, it's, when people, you think people are not paying attention, they are. I was always pleasant. I always introduced myself to the parents. I always, um, you know, as I could, allowed the parents to come in. It, it really, you don't have to always quote a scripture for people to know that there's something different about you. Yeah. So even if it seems inconvenient, if God would tell me to do it, I would do it. If God told me, there was a mom who was, a, um, she was a drug addicted, like she was addicted to drugs. Her baby had a lot of complications, severely complicated. I still remember his baby's name because he was, he turned, he was my baby. The same way Ms. Gladys didn't play about you. Mm-hmm. We do that as nurses. Like yeah. this is my baby. Who had my baby on day shift? And <laughs> his lines messed up. Like, yeah. like we, we get saucy. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I came in and I had this baby, because I would take the sickest of the sick. That was my MO. I am an ICU nurse. Please yeah. do not stick me in feeder grower land. I don't <laughs> want to, I don't know me gusta. Like I need to be, um, because I wanted to, I could learn. Mm-hmm. So I was still learning different. He had something called high drops. So I'm learning about different illnesses and, you know, things that I may not have been super exposed to. And I came in the room and she was just sitting in the chair, kind of quiet. And when I came in, we do bedside report. I introduced myself to her. Hey mom, what's your name? I'm Sharla. I'm gonna be your baby's nurse tonight. I'm gonna come back as soon as I finish report. Da, 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 da. And she was kind of quiet. She was like, oh hey. Like, you know, it's kind of like awkward. Yeah. Um, but then when I came back in to do my assessment in my hands, I was like, girl, come on over here, girl, change this diaper. Mm-hmm. No one had ever let her come, like invited her. Yeah. Nobody ever like insisted. So nobody ever told her she couldn't, wow. but nobody ever insisted that she come over. This is your baby. Come on, girl, change this baby. 
Piper. Like, mm-hmm. I, you, I'm not going to let you break him. Yeah. And so she said, she told me that it touched her because she had already felt like she had broke him. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, she already felt issue. responsible mm-hmm. for his condition. And so for me to come in and not treat her like a drug addict, yeah. but treat her like his mother because that's who she was even though grandma had custody and all of that for me to to even give her that she's like oh I knew right then like mm-hmm. grandma go home because he mm-hmm. fine <laughs> like, he yeah. fine mm-hmm. and so that relationship the three or four months that he was there like I would hear her say hey your mama here as I was walking <laughs> right and so he ended up passing away um, we end up having to take him off life support, but this is how you know that. And this is why I'm like, God, it don't even make sense. The stuff that you allow me to be a part of. Yeah. They had a care conference. They waited for me to go out of town because I was raising. First of all, we're not going to just keep me doing experimental stuff. So if he had, if, if the progress, if it's not good, the prognosis is not good. What are we doing? Explain it to me. Yeah. Like somebody make it make sense to me because he can't talk, but I can yeah. So they went as I was out of town to have his care conference. <laughs> but I sent one of my, like, one of my people, I was like, text me everything. Yeah. Um, and so his mom was like, you know, yes, we, you know, we're, we're going to remove care. But the way that she decided to do it, she said, wait till Charlotte gets back. Oh, wow. And then I want her to have him one more day. And then we can do it. Girl. Wow. I was like, first of all, God. <laughs> it's so overwhelming Mm -hmm. for you to even consider like you're then after it happened so I worked that night had them we what we do we would take the babies to the garden take you know like take them off the machines and a lot of times the babies would still be alive for a, a period of time and um after he passed away my friend was still working day shift and had him she had she had Sharon text me and asked me if I was okay girl what like am I okay are you okay <laughs> but it's it's mo- it's things like that it's being the hands and feet of Jesus and not just always being about that action yeah you can quote scripture but are you kind yeah. are you showing patience peace love I really had to position myself to say God you know nobody wakes up and is like you know what I'm gonna do get addicted to crack have a baby nobody's yeah. doing that yeah. something happened to her along the way to where now she's in this position and even when he passed away there was a moment where she thought he was gone and she was apologizing and sobbing to him and I felt out of like I'm like I shouldn't be allowed to be here yeah. like it felt it just felt so like what and so her mom was there um the baby's grandmother but she had like brought her own little support system and all of that and so i'll never forget the mom's name was stephanie stephanie he had passed away and stephanie was just holding him and she literally goes i gotta pee and like hands him to me and i'm like (laughs) she wouldn't let her mom hold him wow and she just puts him in my arms and i'm like i'm wigging out because Postmortem care is not my thing. Like yeah. I don't like postmortem. Oh, I and that. but I literally oh. heard God say, "Calm down. <laughs> yeah, calm down and look. Look, he had no tubes. He was uh, my baby. Just he would come in. He's like, give me all these tubes, these machines. He looked like he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. And God was like, you like you helped bring him back to me. Like he he's fine. He's fine. And so now me and my two best friends from nursing school all end up working in the same place and the same floor in the same unit and they were 
we were all a part of his care team. Because I was like, I need people I trust to take care of my baby when I'm not here. And so my friend Danielle goes, did y'all ever imagine like when we were in nursing school that we would be having this, our first, it was our first death, all of us together. And we're all just sitting here ugly crying, holding this, <laughs> holding this baby. Yeah. And so even in that, just just be like being God's hands and feet. It's not it's not just a job. Sometimes we can get very detached because we have such a big demand on us as nurses. Yeah. But this is somebody's son, daughter. I would treat people like they're like how I would expect my family to be treated. Mm-hmm. Because according to God, we all related. Yeah. And so in that. I just learned to try to listen. Yes, people are going to be difficult, child. People try to cuss you out, okay? But you have to still be able to show patience, love, and kindness. Because when you do that, they apologize. Mm -hmm. I ain't never had to, like, really get crazy with nobody. Because I just keep my cool. Mm -hmm. And really try to get to the core. I don't allow my ego to get so damaged that I don't hear the hurt. Yeah. What do you need? There's usually a need somewhere that isn't being met. Mm-hmm. How Even if I can't fulfill all of it, no, I can't make your baby go home. But maybe I can tell you it's okay for you to go home and eat. One mom was like, I just thought y'all would think I was a bad mom if I wasn't here all the time. And I'm like, no, girl, this is why I work nights so you'll go, yeah. <laughs> so you'll go home. Yeah. Um, but me saying, no, girl, please go. And eat and shower, love on your other kids. Um, we see and serve people in their most vulnerable positions of their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so just always keeping that in the fourth the forefront of your mind. Yes, girl, the coworkers be crazy, they be trying to cut up, but then even stuff like I would give my babies their baths late, like late night, early morning, like 3 a.m. 6 a.m. because I want y'all to smell clean when y'all parents get here. Mm-hmm. You bathe them at eight, they poop and spit all night. And it's just yes. like, it's like I never loved you. And I loved you last night. Exactly. But I would do it with the door closed, listening to gospel music. It's mm-hmm. three o'clock in the morning. Don't nobody care. Mm-hmm. And one day I hear gospel music. And I'm like, oh, what's playing there? Mm-hmm. One of my coworkers wow. is mimicking the same thing that I'm doing. Cause I would do music, singing to the babies, like we lift our hands, like baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like it was just so. The babies are like, man, lifting their hands in the sanctuary. Yes, <laughs> Lord, for the rest of our day. Like you better get into it, baby. Like, Lord, just take me back. Just let me <laughs> Send me back to the apartment. <laughs> but even in that, like. My coworkers just knew that I was going to come in and be integritous. My coworkers, it it sometimes got overwhelming because they would come to me for everything. I'm like, I'm not even in charge. Like, we have charge members. I'm not even in charge. Yeah. They just put me in charge one day. I showed up and they were like, hey, girl, you pie charge today. How? I was like, I didn't get trained. Like, <laughs> what? Okay. So, I like, I was like, all right, God, because I got a different level of patience for, for kids than I do adults <laughs> that are right. complaining about assignments. And this, I never wanted that. And by the next time they like asked me to do it again, and it's really a voluntold, mm-hmm. they were, um, I was like, I need, I still am in charge training. They was like, girl, you trained. <laughs> and, and so just allowing God to use you, being positive, asking people if they need help, other, like your coworkers, and really wanting and coming to, to work to work, coming mm-hmm. to work to serve, coming to work and serving as unto the Lord. Because yeah. if God was in this patient's room with you, 
you wouldn't just be charting that this man's respirations is 16. My nurses know. Because <laughs> speaking of language, yeah, that. you know, because that girl, because you instead of counting your breaths, they'd be like 16 for everybody. Everybody ain't 16. Oh, okay. Now look, well, count my breath. Count my whole breath. <laughs> Did you count my breath? Count my whole like, breath. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, just really serving as unto the Lord, yeah, and being intentional in that. You know, laughing when it's time to laugh. Um, not just sitting there with a sour face. It wasn't that I didn't interact with people. I have plenty of friends. Like we had a we had a good time. I'm always goofy and silly, but also if someone needed something, hey girl, I see you haven't gone down to eat. Can I feed your baby? Yeah. So you can go eat. Cause mm-hmm. cause our, our slogan at the hospital.